Hey, this is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. Spiritual perception is what I want to talk about. Uh, let me talk, tell you about how a pastor uh, gets his word. My, somebody was asking me, how do you get a word? And The Holy Spirit will help you but sometimes while you're preaching and then I'll say that's a story for another day you see and so we pick it up as a as a branch grows as a tree grows you pick up that uh, branch and uh, you start to branch out on that side and so that's where the spiritual perception comes from because we've been talking about receiving the Holy Spirit Now that you've got the Spirit, how does that Spirit work in you? What's the benefit of having the Holy Spirit abiding in you? And so that's the platform I'm standing on. Now, John chapter 4, verse 19, let's take it from this lady who meets Jesus at the well. And Jesus starts to talk to her. He starts to speak to her. And he mentions a thing, I think, in verse 18. He said, you have had many husbands and the one that you have now. And she says, how can you know this? And she, she says in verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So she's, she says, I have this perception. And Jesus is speaking to her in a spiritual language. And that's why she says, I perceive that you are a prophet. Prophet meaning from from God. And so there's a spiritual atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. You got to stay awake this morning. This is going to help you, all right? Now, what what I'm preaching to you, anybody got a physical Bible, sir? You you have a Bible. What's in this Bible, the, the Word of God, the instructions in this Word is actually the Logos. Say the Logos. When you read it, you read the Logos. You read the general word of it. But sometimes if you're going through a situation and you read that word and that word bounces into your spirit. The word is activation. It activates something in your spirit. It comes alive to you. You say, well, man, that's that's the word. And it starts to speak to you. When that word starts to speak to you in that instant, in that moment, we call it the rhema word. So you got the logos, which is a general word, and then that word converts and speaks to you. It becomes alive in that specific moment. That word is a rhema word. Do you understand that? And so what he's holding in his hand is the letter to us, the letter. But when you get the rhema, that means the spirit jumps out. So you got this general word and then the word that's spoken to you by the, by the spirit. Now, uh, that's why you need to discern what is the spirit saying to me through this word. And, and many times when you're going through a situation, we can speak and, and that can also be the general word to the general assembly. 
But you will say, this pastor is speaking to me when I speak a, a thing. Uh, that's the spirit of God coming to you and, and bringing a spiritual connection. If you leave a church service and uh, you, you didn't hear anything, nothing touched you, one of two things is dead. The church that you are in or you. <coughs> are you with me? It's a, it's a dead because the spirit didn't activate. Somebody say activation. So my, my, my what, what do I hope to achieve in this message this morning? I hope to achieve that you will increase your awareness of the spiritual inside the physical. My, I'm hoping that you will, uh, the, the question I want to ask you, do you listen to listen or do you listen to hear? <clears throat> What is your answer? Do you listen to listen or do you listen to hear? Because the Bible says, he who hath a year, let him hear. So you listen to the Logos, but you hear the Rhema. <coughs> ah, if I was in another church, they'd be clapping and uh, standing. Do you listen to listen or do you listen to, to hear? And this morning, I want to ask that you would Become spiritually sensitive to, to, the, to the spirit of a place, not just the place itself. Which leads me to say that there are two things that you must pay attention to. One is to the environment and two is to the atmosphere. There are environments and atmospheres. Will you say that with me? Environments and atmospheres. I'm teaching. I'm going into, I'm feeling the teaching mode coming. Now, an environment is not the same as an atmosphere. Environment is what exists, while atmosphere is what is created. <clears throat> when you walked into this building, into the church, you walked into an environment. The building already existed. But when you started to sing, you know, this morning we had a good prayer with the, with the, with the team. The, the, we always pray, start praying from about quarter past six. Towards the end of the prayer, I found that something started to shift. Uh, I felt like we... You, you want to go. I felt like I'm ready to kick some, some demons. It wasn't like that when I first walked in. I walked into an, an environment. But by the time we finished off, it was an atmosphere. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm talking about buildings. Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you as a place... And sometimes you are an atmosphere. <laughs> because I'm talking about your, your own mindset. I'll talk about it later. I feel like jumping into it now. But how you will have a certain condition, a certain situation affects you as an environment. But you need to turn it around as an atmosphere. Are you with me? So how do you change this atmosphere? 
this environment into an atmosphere. A spiritual atmosphere is created. Spiritual atmosphere is created by praise, by worship, by speaking in tongues, by declarations, by miracles taking place. Those are the things that when you interact with an environment, say that with me, when I interact with my environment, I create an atmosphere. Yesterday we had a funeral in this place. It was not the same. I didn't feel this, this atmosphere. Uh, because it was a, a different interaction. You are interacting with sobbing people. You are interacting with mourning people. You didn't feel that joy. But this morning when I came, I was sensitive to this. So I started to pray and change the atmosphere from morning to joy. I started to change the atmosphere from singing in the sweet by and by. I changed that atmosphere. We want to we have joy because joy comes in the morning. Uh, though sorrow is for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The writer says that you must Put on the garment of praise. This morning, when you when you adorned yourself, it was intentional. Nisha ironed something differently last night. I asked her, she said, put the ironing board on. I said, for what? She said, because the, I, the weather we expected uh, from last night to today is changed. I'm different. Uh, I'll wear the same woolen suit that I chose last night, whether it's sun. Oh, but the ladies are different. Uh, but they, when I'm talking about, you've got to put on a garment. Uh, when you want to change something, you've got to be intentional to change your atmosphere. When you walk into a place and you start to sense this thing, you must now be perceptive. That's where I want to take you to, 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 to walk into a situation and to realize that there's something wrong in the environment. So I need to affect this environment by changing the atmosphere. Ah, you can do it by changing the line of speech. Uh, the conversation is going into a mode of strife. Like I told Nisha this morning, I don't want any strife in the house of God. We need to all work together in love and unity. Then we've got to change it. And, and some, some of you need to be catalysts of change. Say that with me. I need to be a catalyst of change. When I walk into a physical place, I must change it spiritually. Ah, God. When you are, you, you, gotta, you, you walk into an environment and you must be a catalyst for change uh, and perceive spiritual perception of what's going on here. You can walk into a home and you can, you can feel that this is an infirmary. There's too much of sickness here. That one's sick, that one's sick. Now, the word is activation. You've got to, in the spirit, activate. <coughs> How do I put this? I'm downloading. Give me a second, I'm buffering. <coughs> buffering. God is just putting something. Listen, sometimes... In the spirit dimension, what you hear 
may, may affect your status quo, may, may affect what you're doing. And, and sometimes people don't like a prophetic word. They like a comfortable word. They like a logos, but they are not comfortable with a rhema. So uh, what John the Baptist did, he went in at Herod's party and he said, um, the woman that you are married to is not who you should be sleeping with. The woman you're married to is not the one you should be sleeping with because that's your brother's wife. When you speak and start to affect an environment, not all is well received. Immediately, Herod plotted to kill John the Baptist. And you know what was his death terms? They beheaded him. They, they said, may I have his head on the platter? And sometimes, that's why spiritual environments challenge you. Here's why I went here. You can do nothing with it. Or it can do something to you. It activates you. Spirit, when you are spiritually perceptive, when your antennas are up spiritually, you start to run with the word. You start to say, well, that's the word. It's for my general improvement or for my specific gain. And I need to change. And so you, the word activates you. That's what, what I'm looking for. The word needs to activate you. When you are in an environment, you interact with that environment and you create your <coughs> atmosphere. Somebody say atmosphere. Is this helping you? It is? Let me hear a good amen. If it's helping you, good. Heaven is an environment. Heaven is a place. It's not an atmosphere. Let's look at Revelation chapter 4 verse 8. There are four creatures and there are four and twenty elders. And the Bible says, and they come around the throne room of heaven. And they say, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And they start to, to sing, they start to strum, and then there's, there's music. There's a, and, and they change the environment of heaven into an atmosphere of heaven. So now you are into what you are thinking of heaven as being. Because you, I told you, heaven is, is an environment. You couldn't tolerate that. Because that's not how you see heaven. But when you play Saturate me in your anointing. I come here on Tuesday. And I walk into the business of the church. I walk into an environment of the church. But when I come here on a Sunday. Anointing. Fall on me, anointed. I don't feel like that on Tuesdays. Because in my mind, I'm psyched to do the business of the church. But when I walk in here on Sunday, 
and that speaker is on, I'm walking into an atmosphere. Are you with me this morning? So heaven is, a, is an environment. But when they start to come into the throne room, and that's why heaven is how you understand heaven to be in chapter 4 verse 8. And they do not rest day and night saying, Holy, Holy, are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb, you are Lord. Can you see how you can change environments into atmospheres? And so that's what heaven is all about. Now, how do you change this? It's by, not by power, nor by might. But God is saying, by my spirit, uh, saith the Lord. So the spirit of God gives life to environments. Say that. The spirit of God gives life to environments. You want to change your home from an infirmary, from a sick place into a living place. You introduce God, the spirit of God. And the life we're talking about, Craig, is the Zoe life. Say that with me, the Zoe kind of life. The Zoe life is the life of God. Say that, the life of God. Oh, the life of God. Say the life of God. The life of God. And so when you are born again, the abundant life and the nature of God is imparted into your spirit from God. We spoke about all of that. And so when you walk now, you got to be a catalyst of change. You'll walk into a place of worry. You'll walk into a place of distraught, depression. But you, your feet must be shot with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you introduce the Zoe kind of life. <coughs> Most people never recognize a need for change in their life, in their marriage, in their church. They are used to old wine. This morning, again, the word is activate. You're going to hear this word. You've got to activate the, the, the Spirit of God. Now, where we are change sensitive, the word in, is inverted, in, 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 you are change sensitive, our church services will be full of the God kind of life because you, you're not going to walk in as that old, okay, I'll just go to church. Uh, book my seat. 
No, you are change sensitive. You need to know I'm walking into an environment, but I'm going to change the atmosphere. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling just, but uh, I will lift up my head this morning. You are change sensitive. As the as a songwriter, as, a, as the psalmist said, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Are you with me this morning? And so you are change sensitive. We, we need to as a church. I want to tell you this morning. I was telling Nisha the other day. I'm not going to uh, speak too much to these to you. And I'm telling you now. Because I want God and you to have interaction about the choice of songs. Because if I, I'll take this church way back to the 80s. You leave it to me, I'll take you right back to the 60s. But that's not where we want to go. That's not what the Holy Ghost wants for the church. The church wants, the Holy Ghost wants you to go forward. I know 60s was great and uh, we were in the hippies and, and 80s was nice. But I tell you what, we are now in 2021. You leave it to me, I'll take you backwards. I'll leave it to him, he'll take you forward. Amen. So that's just a prophetic word for you. So how does the environment change? Praise, worship, preaching, ministry must all be filled with new life. Somebody shout new life. Somebody shout new life. I want this church to be a talking, walking church. You know that song? I'm a living, walkie-talkie. <coughs> Amen. I want you to be filled with a new kind of life. Uh, by the end of this year, I want you to be a living, walking, breathing, talking miracle. You must walk into this church. I want people, God, if, if, if it doesn't do it with you, I want God to send some people via the virtual platforms. Come, bring some life and say, I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of God. Amen. Somebody shout amen. And so the Bible says in Mark chapter 2 verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Somebody say activate. Say activate. You've got to activate. This morning, the challenge to you is, what can I do new this morning? You know, Holy Spirit got me up very early this morning, and I'm so used to that old uh, regime that your wife, I live a good life. I sit at the table and everything just comes to me. But today the Holy Spirit said change it. And so I boiled the water. I boiled the milk. I don't know whether you saw it. But I'm changing. Tomorrow I'm going to change in age. But today I'm going to change in stage. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know whether I have the energy to do that and I've been spoiled. Uh, at first my mother spoiled me. Then my mother-in-law and now my wife. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit cannot move in the now if you still live in the environment of the past. Write that down, please. The Holy Spirit cannot move in the now if we all are still living in the environment of the past. If all of us, Gregory, think 80s and say, oh, how, Stanley, how good we used to sing. Cast your burdens unto Jesus and he cares. It's good, but there's better. It's a new season. And the young people all said, come on, you're not even supporting. 
If you're operating in a dead spiritual environment, the power of God cannot activate in you. If we are, if, and if I keep this, I can keep this place a dead place. And many places with due respect, uh, committees, councils, pastors controlled by boards, and the boards are so bored. They, 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 they always want to keep it as if from where they came. Not thinking futuristically. You've got to think. You've got to see where you're going, not from where you came from. I know it's important. History is good, but destiny is blessed. Oh, you should be clapping right there. All right? And so, if you're operating in a dead spiritual environment, the power of God cannot activate in you. You are plowing through resistance. How do you plow through resistance when you come to church with isms? Somebody say isms. What are isms? Uh, criticisms, skepticisms, pessimisms. That is dead environments. You do nothing for your environment, even the environment of your soil. If you have a critical spirit, listen to me now. If all you do is to come to listen with a critical ear, it's not going to help your environment and you will never change your atmosphere. Somebody shout amen if you believe that. And so this morning, I rise to tell you also, speak to you because you are in New Testament. Somebody say, I'm in the new. I'm not in the old. Now let me show you in the old covenant, God moved in a physical dimension because the people were spiritually dead. So everything that he had to do for them, they had no spiritual perception. So he could not speak to them uh, by the spirit. He had to speak to them by instruction. These people were so dead spiritually. So when he had to move them, he had to move them physically with a cloud or a pillar of fire. By night. And when the pillar of fire by night is moving, he says, move. So they move physically. Because that's, they, they couldn't hear him spiritually. In the morning, he puts a pillar of cloud and the cloud starts to move. And so they start to move. When the cloud stops, they stop. But in the New Testament, there's no clouds and there's no pillar of fire. Why? Because it's no more on the outside, it's now on the inside of you. So he's not working in the physical realm, he's working in the spiritual dimension. Now some of you are still operating in the physical when you should be operating in the spiritual. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives inside of me. Are you listening to me this morning? And so the Bible says, and I taught you this, he said, I will give you the spirit and he will guide you. So in the Old Testament is guiding you with fire and cloud. But in the New Testament is guiding you by being on the inside of you. I have seven minutes more and I have to run. Are you with me? So I'm going to take you to atmosphere preservation. Because you, you, you are filled with the Spirit. Learn to preserve an atmosphere. Learn to create an atmosphere. Many of you are filled with worry, anxiety, and agitation. And it brings, it changes your body as an environment. 
into an atmosphere. So the atmosphere on the inside of you, you are moving from discouragement. I thought about this. The next stage is depression. The next stage is despair. And the worst stage is death. When you are discouraged, you need to learn to encourage yourself and sing to yourself and, and pick up the, 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 the atmosphere inside of you. This morning, I want to just do a, bring it to you, sir. <coughs> where are we going to put it? Put it so the camera's also can. Now, this is your life. This is your atmosphere. And many times, uh, I brought this box here. There you go. So, you have a worry box and you have a God box. When your worry box is bigger than your God box, your atmosphere is going to be one of discouragement. The, the whole environment becomes filled with tension. And so you, 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 you try to take all your worries and put it into God. But your worry box is just so big. And you, you start to tell God how big your worry is. And you can't get rid of your worries. What you need to do is have a God box that's bigger than your worry box. And that's why Peter says, cast your burdens unto Jesus cause he cares for you. What you need to do in life is to make your God box bigger than your worry box so that your God can take all your cares and care for you. Now, prayer should not be your last line of defense, but your first line of offense. So you're going through something, instead of telling everybody, Bend your knees. Bow your heads. That is what you say when you take your worries and you put it into the hand of God. It fits. My challenge to you this morning is every worry you have, I challenge you to make yourself a God box. Symbolically or prophetically, take your worry and put it into your God box. And then you know that you are regurgitating like a dog going back to its vomit. If you go and put your hand in the box and take the worry back. Once you cast your worry, put it in the box and don't go back to take it out. So my challenge to you is that your and movement should only be inward and never be outward. Are you with me this morning? Let me, let me. You've been such a good audience and I got two minutes more. Let me just share this with you. 
Uh, stand. Let's let's stand. Put your hands on your brain, on your head. Because most of your atmospheres come from this place called your brain. Okay, you can drop your hands. Inside of the place that you touched is called, and uh, uh, I need to get this, this spelling, amygdala. It's called the amygdala. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like an almond-shaped part in your brain that controls two things in your life, the amygdala. Say it, the amygdala. The amygdala tells you whether you are in a flight mode or fright mode. You should fly or fry. You should stay or go. The amygdala. The amygdala. Now, the amygdala receives instruction from, from your, your, the front part of your brain. It's called the prefrontal lobe of your brain. What you see, what you hear dictates, it talks to that part. And then and, and it, it says, run, fight, or be a, a scared. And some of you are already in an atmosphere of scared. You're... you're you already trained your amygdala without your, free, your prefrontal mind seeing anything. Your amygdala is already ready to fight or fright because you're constantly in the state of an atmosphere. You're always living in that atmosphere. So you're always expecting it. Your amygdala is already ready. So that means from an almond shaped, it already grew a tail. I think I told you this before, but uh, just for those that didn't, a guy was uh, messing around with his wife. And this loving wife, she would boil hot water. And she said, one of these days, one of these days, I am going to throw this boiling water onto you. Because he was having an affair and coming at 10 o'clock. What he didn't know was that his loving wife was warming the water so that he could have a hot bath. But she threatened him one of these days. One day he came home at five past ten. She took cold water and threw it on him. He died of a shock because he thought it was hot water. So he died of burns, but yet it was cold. His amygdala was already trained. It grew a tail of fright. <laughs> it grew a tail. So, so he was already, although it was cold water, but to him in his brain, it burned him. Because his prefrontal lobe informed wrongly. Some of you are in an atmosphere of constant fright or worry. And it's, you're stressed but the event is not even there. It's, it's removed. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. And so you have turned an atmosphere into an environment. And you are living then in an atmosphere. Which is not even prevalent. I don't know whether you understand. Are you with me? So this morning, 
there's, there's a book, and I, I know some of you take notes. You can get the, 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 the writer of this book. I'm just trying to locate it. Uh, where's Dr. Caroline? Yeah, there you go. Dr. Caroline Leaf. She says, not only does prayer move the heart of God, but also prayer changes the chemistry in your brain. So when you are praying, God, I cast the scare onto you. It's not only changing the heart of God, through your prayer, you are changing the chemistry of your brain. I don't have enough time, but those of you who love to look for books, Dr. Caroline Reefer writes this. And so what we're suggesting out here is for you to live in a stage, and she talks about it more, it's called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. So you can buy, you can, you can read that book on neuroplasticity and see how you can change those things. And, and what she really writes about, prayer actually changes the brain, which means neurotheology. Neurotheology. And that, ladies and gentlemen. With every head bowed. I know some of you are struggling in atmospheres this morning. If you heard nothing, hear me now. That you cannot go into the same environment that's troubling you. You have to leave church with a desire of activation to change your situation. I want you to say this with me. The Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Say it like you mean it. The Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Now I want you to shout in faith and say, I am closer. My body is stronger. My faith is greater. My family is better. My leadership is sharper by the power and the authority of God. Come on, I want you to confess and say this morning, worry is not my master. Nor am I a slave to habits. I am rescued from darkness and I'm brought into the kingdom of God. I cannot control what happens to me. But I can control how I frame it. I can control how I see it. I can control how I interpret it. I am therefore not anxious about anything. But in everything, I cast my cares upon Christ. I am now being changed by the renewing of my mind. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. <laughs> Lift up your hands and receive God's benediction. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you. And God will give you peace. By the true definition of peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.